Meow, 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 meow. Cat War Questions is back. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brendan. You know, I kind of have talked about this before, but somebody had emailed me, and I thought I'd talk about it again. I'm pretty consistent with my viewpoint on this, and I think that the two questions actually, as I was thinking about them, there's a there's a point where the second one makes me almost change my answer to the first one. So we're going to talk about indoor riding versus outdoor riding, and then what this guy calls interval road versus organic road. I think it's a great question, actually, the second one. Indoor versus outdoor. If you've listened to any podcast, if you look at my Strava, if you've ever seen my training during winter when I actually lived in winter, cold, horrible places, I ride outdoors. Uh, When I lived in Rochester, New York, and it was super snowy, and you literally could not ride outside, it got to the point where I actually bought a mountain bike, a 29er, to ride outside, and the snow just got so deep that you you weren't even actually moving, and I had considered a fat bike. I tried Nordic skiing. I hate driving to exercise. I ended up going with rollers and doing like four by tens and some (laughs) threshold stuff and just rode in the basement. I I would usually do like a Tuesday and Thursday indoor workout. Um, When I was in Tennessee, I would just bundle up and deal with it. But what this guy said is, so it seems like from what I've listened to, you have a pretty dim view of the smart trainer and you have brought up points about general health experience bike handling, outdoor versus indoor power, etc. that riding is always better if you can hack it. Other coaches, like your buddy Patrick, seem a lot more into Zwift and whatnot. In any case, plenty of athletes do their workouts on the trainer, you know, whether time, constraints, it might be super hot, etc. I think it would be good if you could talk about the pros and cons even-handedly and maybe are there any limitations to indoor power? Maybe talking about sprints as well as the difference in indoor versus outdoor power measurement. So he hit on a lot of points. Number one, so, I, and I want to look at this evenly. Um, and I do look at it evenly because I have a lot of people that ride inside. And I'm not against indoor riding. But for me and for athletes that are road racing, so general health, I think that's split. You know, you're riding a bike. Uh, I think it's better to be outdoors than inside. Uh, I think of like being in a gym on a spin bike. I know being on Zwift is not a spin bike, but just I've watched people inside. It doesn't look that great. Um, Experience, that one definitely goes to outdoor. And this is for people that are going to be doing outdoor events. If you want to be a Zwift racer, you need to be training on Zwift. Zwift is its own discipline. And with that said... Zwift is its own discipline. It's not a discipline for road. Experience, there's no doubt, doing intervals on the road is really good. He mentioned bike handling, but being able to put out power when you're riding, not just on a flat road. It's also been interesting when I see guys that I kind of, you know, I keep my ear to the ground. I nose around. I, you know, I talk to Patrick a lot, who's in the Zwift world and who's kind of local that's doing Zwift. I've ridden with guys that don't get to train outside that much. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying it in a negative way, but they just don't ride outside as much. When the race is going fast, and even if we're in just something like simple, like a pace line, they look more uncomfortable. Like 
you are shifting your gears differently when you are going over rolling terrain at 25 to 28 miles an hour and there's five of you railing it um that's that's just it's interesting they seem more nervous they're not as fluid sometimes they're like really chunky with with shifting um so i don't know i I don't know if i can blame that on riding indoors more but i think riding outdoors just gives you better experience with that being able to understand just to be able to feel what gear you're in if you're pedaling and you've been shifting around you should you should know relatively close to where you are in the set you know you should know where you want to be shifting into when you're when you see a hill you're like oh that's going to be that gear you know it, it should be second nature you shouldn't come up to a hill and be like oh i was in the wrong gear that's just inexperience so it's something that you could work on um from the indoor side though pros like he said whether it's crappy do zwift um if you're short on time it's going to be and the weather is crappy again you don't have to bundle up throw your stuff on go downstairs sure um when it's super hot i am torn on this one now we'll give the zwift zwift has the benefit of you could make it really hot in your room and you could use that for heat adaptation and there's i I can't remember the podcast i was telling patrick about this some guy talking about doing like 120 degree simulations for a Tour de France rider and they claim that it worked wonders for him. I don't know if that's realistic for the everyday cyclists like ourselves. Um, but when it's hot, if you're always riding inside, but you're going to do events outside, it's going to be pretty darn hard to do those events. Or I shouldn't say that. It's going to be harder. You'll be more prepared if you go train in the heat. Now, that being said... If it's always 95 to 100 degrees where you live and you just die in the heat, the bigger question is, are you scheduling your events properly? You know, I've talked to some athletes that live in extremely hot areas and just said, hey, what about if you came into the early spring and is there any late quote unquote winter? You guys don't really have a winter like February, March, April races. Go crush those. And then let's see what's up in May. And then when it's June, July, August, let's go back to like a base tempo, fun rides, you know, take a little time off and then come back and hit it again, September, October, November. Who says you have to race six months, seven months straight? Nobody. This is supposed to be fun. I mean, if you're out there and just dying, that kind of stinks. So, uh, and sprinting, no doubt, goes to outdoor. But... You know, if you're, this all has to work with your life. So if you have from 4.45 a.m. to 5.45 before your kid wakes up and you take him to school and you're on your way to work and you're coming home and you get home at 5.30, then like that's what you got to work with. Um, For people to have a more flexible schedule, I would say don't do the hour and a half inside. Take the 25 minutes and bundle up. Do some work while you're getting ready. Like, you know, get your stuff together if you keep all, once you commit to riding outdoors and it's like booties leg warmers arm warmers gloves thermal vest maybe of thermal bibs i don't really i don't think you need the thick heavy jackets that people wear it actually just makes you really sweaty and hot um you know neck gaiter hat helmet just keep all that stuff together just 
your partner might be like, why is this stuff laying here? Be like, oh, I'm going to move it over here and just like hide it or something. Just But keep it all together so it's out of the way. But so you're not like, where is all this stuff? And then the real tip is dress from the bottom up and like just put the top layers on before you walk out the door. You don't want to be like getting your bottles ready when you're all bundled up. You're going to be hot, sweaty. It's going to be a mess. Interval road versus organic. I was like, what is this guy even talking about? Okay. Some people feel like you should find a long stretch of relatively flat, high quality road and do the structured work there. It permits pacing and super steady riding. Um, there's a number of places I can think of here where I live that that's where everyone does their intervals. Um, other folks, and I feel like you're in this camp generally say to ride where you ride, go with the flow and that learning to apply target power smoothly in a variety of train situations is a valuable skill unto itself. So just get better at it. Pros and cons go. (laughs) Okay. So I do agree with that to some extent. If I have like tempo blocks or a four by eight threshold i'm gonna try and do that on just normal roads if there's some rollers great if there's a downhill once you start getting to like negative six probably a percent and higher if it's only gonna be for a few seconds i'm not gonna worry about it if you know or like you know 20 seconds but it you know just pedal high cadence it changes it up a little bit just go flying down and then add 20 seconds to the end I would rather ride a normal route than do an interval route every time because then you're going to be on the interval route twice a week. That's going to be maybe 40% of your rides if you're riding five times during the week. I don't really care for that. Um, Now, if I'm doing over-unders, I have done those. Sometimes it's my mood, to be honest with you. If I'm like, it's it's been a day. And I'm like, I just want to go ride. I want to get work done, but I want to go ride. I'm going to do them where I can do them. And if they're not perfect, they're not perfect. Now I take note of that. And I'm like, okay, next next ride, doing the interval road. Um, VO2 max, 100%, I'm going to an interval road. You are going to be sending it so hard and you are gonna need to focus you're really trying to go hard enough to get that vo2 max adaptation if you have downhills and stuff the whole workout is ruined so for vo2 max i definitely have an interval road i actually go to the same road if possible because those intervals suck that when you're getting halfway through and you're like okay i'm at that tree and it's super it's like yeah let's go or if you're behind a little bit like come on dude push And then, you know, you get to the last point where it's like, you know, it's 30 seconds left and you just want to stop. And it's like, dude, just keep going. And then you stop and you're like, wow, that was awesome. I can't believe I did that. And you go back down and you do it five more times. Um, is sprints, anaerobic stuff. Um, anaerobic stuff I would actually probably use KOMs for. And I need to get better at telling athletes that. Um... And I actually sort of picked this up from Tom. He, I used to have, he does like various max hill intervals for me where it's like, hey, go find some climbs between three to six minutes and just smash it. And he only wants me to do like two of them. I'm usually sending people out, I'm like, go do four of them. 
Tom, again, Euro coach. You don't go very hard very often. I do break the rules sometimes, like tonight. Um, but I think the KOM, it, see the problem with the KOM though is like tonight I went and I got one. I was supposed to do three to six minutes. It was like one was two minutes. That's harder than I need to be going. And one was like 2.30. It was, so wasn't doing VO, you know, and I actually should say this to him. As an athlete, I need to see like, and maybe he doesn't care. I should, this is a great question for him. Tell me it needs to be a VO2 max interval. I think as athletes, we like a little direction in that. You know, if it just says go crush KOMs, if it's, I put that on a weekend ride sometimes, just like go, go have fun. But if it's for a workout, I think we want some discipline in there. At least I kind of like that. It's like structure without structure. And then you can screw, you know, scour. There's so many KOMs here in North Carolina. It's crazy. I'm like, all right, what am I going for today? So, so anaerobic, I think it would be a mixed bag. I think it would be best if you hunted down some roads though, as opposed to just like, okay, I'm going to go hard for a minute here. And then you're like on a downhill. Cause you don't, you only have a few matches, right? Like I did three super deep efforts tonight. And I was like, I had not committed. I finally was going to this local group ride and, uh, I got three hours in this ride and I was like, Okay, I'm ready to go home. I really hope this group ride is not super hard. And luckily, since the sun is uh, going away sooner than it normally is, uh, it was a small group and we were pretty chill. So that was good. Otherwise, I'd be cracked. So, um, you know, I think it's split. And do what you like to do. Every athlete is different. But I do think, I will say this big asterisk, I do think that doing the organic which is riding on the road when you can and doing intervals there i mean some people like the road barely tilts down and it's like they don't know how to pedal anymore it's like dude you have a ton of gears go into a harder gear and smash that um and and you can tell when some people don't do intervals on the road because because of that like they don't flow with the road well like you'll be racing and i'm like why is this person going you know into the you can see like the road might be like going up and then down and it's like okay well we need to crush up over the crest and then keep the speed going and they're like like trying to catch up it's like dude why didn't you use all your momentum and hammer into this thing like where the whole goal here is speed not watts um so maybe that's a bad example because in a race it's different. It's just speed versus watts. Yeah, ignore that. And since I already talked for 14 minutes, I'm not going to go back and redo this. <laughs> um, I guess what I was saying is just people don't flow well with the road. Like, I don't know. I'd ride outdoors. <laughs> that's my vote. And I would do them. Um, Organic, if it's tempo or threshold with no steep hills, VO2 max, I would have an interval road. Anaerobic, I'd have interval KOMs because you're not going to do many of them. And sprints, do them wherever. If there's a sprint KOM, that'd be kind of cool, but I don't think many of those exist. Do they? Question mark. Okay. Um, I've had some requests for longer podcasts. This, this one seemed good because it had a lot of stuff. Uh, to those of you that have requested it, I will definitely do them as long as it's not me just making stuff up to make them long. I really think there's benefit to the eight-minute podcast, to the four-minute podcast, where it's like, 
you know, sometimes you're in the car and I, I want to get a podcast and I'm like going somewhere. And I'm like, I want to just feel like I did something productive. Like somebody t- like teach me something, um, share an experience about something. And it's like, okay, Joe Rogan. Nope. I need to, I need to be in like a car ride for that. And so hopefully this helps. Man, if you like learning from other cyclists, which is what you're doing right now, I'm just another cyclist. Granted, I coach a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I'm just another cyclist. Join the Discord. This thing is awesome. There's 165 people I want to say in it now. So much experience from all over the all over the globe. And I, yeah, this community is going to be amazing. You're going to want to be in there. And uh, there's no like just you should at least try it try new things if you're not there it is simply called cycling and i'll put an invite in this show notes below have a great day good luck with your training hit us up if you have questions and we'll talk to you later